August freeze, on finding rhyme between summers, or rhythm, in the drifting patterned feather, a mime emerges out the heather, costumed not in white and black, but every hue of lilac. His bird-like features smile, and his spine bends like a paperback, and bows. Then how he tells me, wordlessly, the story of his dying, which was that too of his birth, in that undeliberate, oft-appearing shade of purplish peace on earth. Hey everyone, welcome back to Soul Scene. This is the first episode of the fashion semester. Aaron, what a wonderful poem. Thank you. What inspired it? It was inspired, the title is August Freeze, and I think we are in the dog days of summer. I feel like that's the category. Mm. We're recording this on August 13th. I feel like that's smack in the middle of dog days. There's dogs, for sure. Yeah. And so I was a little bit struck by the fact that during this period of summer, it feels like everything is kind of frozen in place. There's a stillness, which seems almost paradoxical because we associate heat with like change, biological change. But it just seems like through spring and the early part of summer, everything is going into bloom. And then it just like stays here at the apex. It's kind of frozen at the apex in the same way that maybe winter freezes things at the at the nadir of, of growth. Mm. So I was kind of thinking on that. And also fashion, as you said, this is the first episode of the fashion semester, which is kind of all about trends and change. And in nature, obviously, it's even more predictably cyclical than the fashion industry. So I was kind of trying to draw in a metaphor there. Rather boring, I know. No, it's it's interesting to hear about. I'm just really eager to speak about fashion, as you can imagine. Sure. <laughs> Don't know if that's exuding from my pores. So for people who haven't listened to the podcast before, welcome to Solocene. People who have listened, welcome back. Welcome back and welcome front, I guess that's what we say. On this show, we design a beautiful, sustainable, tactile future, and we structure the episodes into semesters. So far, we've had five complete semesters, and today we are starting a sixth all about clothes, because Alicia has an announcement to make. Drum roll, everybody. We are introducing the Solacene clothing line, which I will show to those watching on YouTube. And also for those watching on YouTube, you may notice about a hundred different things. Yeah. We have changed the set and we now have clothes that you can purchase on our website. They're all up there now. There is the vest, the gilet that I am showing here. Comes in three sizes. Everything does. The goal with the, cl- the sizes is to make them sustainable because your body changes and so it's nice to have clothes that you can wear on all different days all different seasons of life and you don't have to throw out if you change size because our bodies aren't completely stagnant so what it means is there's like a smaller size which is for extra small small medium size which is medium and large and then a large size which is extra large and 2xl so there's a range there's a range okay and if you, I was thinking a bit about this, if you go onto the website and there's something that you would like, like a design that you'd like, but it's unavailable in your size, maybe it's sold out or maybe we just didn't make it in the size, just send us an email and all of the materials are thrifted. So they're all either recycled or dead stock material that I found at thrift stores or different like bazaars and stuff. And so if you want a custom made piece, just let me know and we can work together to choose the right material for you and sizes and all that. And the other piece that I want to show you today is the tulip shorts because I just love them so much. Maybe because of the name, maybe because of the design, 
but they have a little tulip at the bottom. Oh, so How cute. Lovely. They have little pockets and they're all elastic so that they can also always fit you, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of this semester's edition of the zine. We might write a fashion zine. We're not sure. But if so, it would come at the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. This time, I wish it's doing clothes. So I think fashion to you is kind of what writing is to me. So it's been very exciting to see you get to uh, explore that and really perfect the designs to the point that <laughs> some evenings Alicia's just been so livid and frustrated with patterns or whatever but then after many many iterations finding what is so seen yeah. that's kind of our word for perfect I guess yeah exactly and a few more things on the clothing line just because we're here as I said the materials are sustainably sourced but also at the end of their life if you would like to return them back to us you can do that and you'll get an in-store credit and yeah, just we haven't worked out the exact mechanism because hopefully the clothes won't be returned within like a week. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, if you get them and you want to just like make it circular, send us an email for now is the plan. But we'll also just probably have a website section about this. Yeah. And yeah, you can send it back and we will mend it, resell it or mm -hmm. recycle it depending on what needs to be done because we don't want them ending up in landfills. Correct. <laughs> so the first question for today for people who are new again so seen as structured, we answer questions about the ideal world through the lens of design and also research, I suppose. The first one is almost like a catch-up. I called it to ourselves, I called it almost like a, here's what you missed on Glee. Because, <laughs> <laughs> which I know sounds like a very unerring joke, but I've watched Glee for those who are interested. And so we're going to be relating fashion to the previous five semesters, which in order are degrowth, education, storytelling nature and the internet and kind of the lineage the connections and how we came to be here so what were your notes on degrowth alicia seems like so long ago it does it was but about two years ago wow also i think we are almost no we, we passed 100 episodes so that's that also exciting ago, yeah, yeah. <laughs> congratulations to us good job <laughs> so degrowth for me is solacine they're pretty much one and the same degrowth is a philosophy of activism you could say it's yeah. economic it's social it encapsulates all parts of life and it's really just a great picture for how i envision the ideal world coming to be it's more of like the process than the vision that we talk about often on here mm. but how it relates to this semester is that we're going to be talking about circularity which is a degrowth concept in that things in the fashion cycle should be circular it shouldn't just be you buy it and then you throw it out. It should try and always have the end of life in mind. Yeah. Smaller scale fashion production is a degrowth concept. And it also will be something we're going to touch on in this semester. I like that you said it was process rather than vision. I feel like that's a good way of... Because I was kind of thinking that when I was reflecting. Like the first semester was like so fundamentally different from everything that's come after it. Yeah. But I, the way I wrote it was a degrowth is a lens you call it a philosophy it's like it's an underlying um sentiment or or theme whereas everything else has just been subjects through which we've used that degrowth philosophy to analyze mm -hmm. and i think fashion is like is a very good and tactile case study for that because everybody owns clothes a lot of people own a lot of clothes and so it's you have true. a lot of opportunities to engage with the economy through a, a snail-like way. The, mm -hmm. the symbol of degrowth is a snail, for people mm -hmm. who are wondering. Yeah. And I guess the symbol of Solocene is a dragonfly, and they're kind of like husband and wife. 
You could say that. You and I. Husband and wife, it's true. The dragonfly and the snail. <laughs> I assume you're the dragonfly since you love him so much. Yes. Yeah. I also noted when reflecting on the previous semesters that the fashion one's really going to be a big old case study of like what the solo scene is going to look like. And it is yeah. really tactile, especially with the production of the the small clothing line that we're producing mm -hmm. because it just gave me an opportunity to look at like every single step of the process yeah. and get hands-on experience with so, that. So it felt to you like a real life university project in a way mm, yeah. or just, just project. Yeah. A couple of the things that I think it relates to with degrowth is we're going to be talking a bit about DIY and skill building and like building resilience to the system and degrowth is not a system that like promotes any one economic way of being. It doesn't promote capitalism, but it also isn't anti-capitalism. It's like... Not necessarily. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of in between. But we want to build resilience to whatever system you're functioning within because you want your communities to be able to thrive even if everything fell apart. So when it comes to clothing, building resilience means knowing how to make your own clothes, mend, and even to an extent knowing how to make fibers and yeah. things like that. So we're definitely going to get into that on the semester. Second topic that we covered was education. And I just mentioned university and people might have picked up on the fact that we use the term semester rather than what I think most podcasts would call them is seasons. Mm -hmm. And that's because we started this almost immediately after graduating and it just felt like a continuation of our undergrads or like a the next level, let's say. This is like our postgrad. I'm going to call it that. Yeah. So there is an element of, as I said, research and really like trying to be academic. I said to you yesterday that for you, it's more like an investigative journalism or like typical looking for sources and trying to synthesize these things. And for me, it is a bit that, but also largely something of creative writing. So some episodes I might just say to you, so why don't people wear socks on their ears? Mm -hmm. And then you'll be stammering to come up with a response. <laughs> and I'll be like, but why don't they wear shoes on their teeth <laughs> yeah so we're kind of playing two sides of a similar we're not like a right wing and a left wing butting heads but we're the the left brain and the right brain yeah sure yeah but also you're creative and also i bring some facts so it's not 100 percent like mm -hmm. that i just thought that would be our introduction and i think overall with like education it was similar in that 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 particular semester was drawing on our experiences our recent experiences and also our years of observation going through the education system ourselves and coming up with different gripes and ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think this one will be similar, the fashion semester, because as I say, everybody owns clothes. You own quite a lot. I own some. And so we're, we're, we have the intimate familiarity with it in a way that I think parallels one's journey through the, through the school system. My biggest connection to education is something that we didn't talk about too much on the education semester, which was like the social justice side of education and women's rights and accessibility. We didn't get into that too much, but I think on this semester, we're going to talk a lot more. It'll probably be our most social justice heavy semester because it's something that I'm very passionate about when it comes to fashion. I'm not just passionate about like the design process, but also about the human rights violations that are associated with the industry right now and how we can solve them and I think education will kind of come into this semester in that way of talking about how education can help 
inform purchasers, but also help liberate those who perhaps are stuck in cycles of poverty and reliant on the cotton industry or the sewing industry or what have you. This is the slow unpacking of wicked problems. Mm -hmm. Wicked. Like the play. Like the musical. <laughs> yeah. Storytelling was the third semester, which also kind of stands out as like, that was weird. But the <laughs> the phrasing of it was deliberately storytelling rather than, let's say, narratives or even like arts, because we knew we would approach art in subsequent semesters, this being one of them. So I think mm -hmm. storytelling was kind of like, I guess I would call that one half of of arts and also having some other kind of cultural um, significance. And the other half is the actual maybe medium. So we said in the future, we might do an architecture semester or a film semester, or as this is a fashion semester. So I think there's, there's obviously an intimate relationship there. And also something that I tried to get across in the poem with a mime who kind of transmits information to you without words, right? That's his kind mm -hmm. of curse. In fashion, that's kind of the blessing because it can tell so much wordlessly. And I think that's the the lens along with degrowth through which I like to kind of approach different topics and just narrativize things. That's the appeal for me is like, where's the story behind this? I think throughout the semester, I'll probably be taking a lot of inspiration from fiction. And I just think that's, uh, that's almost an infinite well of wisdom. So that's mm. what would be, that's my storytelling fashion. Cool. I just had a thought. Do you think, you know how the internet semester really like changed us our internet use habits. Yeah. Do you think that this semester is going to impact your fashion sensibilities? <laughs> well, I already said before before this week that I wanted to get a new t-shirt. So mm. for me, that's kind of leveling up in a way. <laughs> yeah, I think over the semester, it's going to be made very clear to the listeners that you own about eight clothing <laughs> items and you're working on changing that. Yeah, sure. I'll, and... just, be, I'll just be dressing like crazier and crazier. Yeah. For the... <laughs> That would be funny also if I was just wearing like crazy shades and yeah. you said, oh, that's Aaron's new thing. Or what if I wore... Hats. Yeah, what if I wore hats? Mm. What if I wore a fedora? Who knows? Right. Viewers will have to view on YouTube to find out what you're wearing because yeah, we're not going to do an outfit of the week every day. It's also day. kind of ironic if I'm dressing up like more and more, but yeah. nobody sees it yeah. <laughs> if it's a podcast. <laughs> it's true. It does. Fashion is voice a part of fashion. You know, people do different affectations. There's the vocal fry like that. Do you think there's... Is yeah, that, is I think that a part so. Of it? Yeah, I think it's... We're definitely going to have an episode or two on how it expresses who you are and how I think that's really important. I don't think everyone should be dressing in like paper bags the way that a lot of sustainable fashion brands tend to push because obviously dyes are challenging for the environment to process and all other parts of like color and so on. But I think because there's so much existing fabric and yeah. sustainable options for dyeing that you don't have to dress in a brown paper bag. And so I think part of sustainability is rewriting what like sustainable fashion means. And I think using your voice and dressing kind of funkily is Funky. fun. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to dress in a paper bag. Of course, some of us would like to. That's me. Do you know the definition of fashion that I got from Wikipedia is very broad and the only reason I looked at this is because when I really started, this sounds like such a, I'm 14 and this is deep thing, but when I really started <laughs> contemplating the semester and like just the term fashion and the industry and the medium and all that stuff, the first thing that, that struck me I wouldn't let go was the 
the word fashion mm. and how it seems almost almost incompatible with that of sustainability yeah because fashion either originated or has come to mean the latest trend mm -hmm. like there's fashion as in we're just talking about clothes as a whole but there's also fashion as in for instance the latest fashion but i feel like those first two words have just become yeah redundant now because people just say that's the fashion right mm -hmm. and you could say about anything you could say about behavior about merchandising about politics whatever so the definition i got from wikipedia everyone's favorite arbiter of words mm. was a form of self-expression with a specific context such as time place and purpose and then i looked into a bit the etymology and it comes from latin and then into old french façon which meant form make outward appearance and that was in like the 12th 13th century when i think just ideas of like aesthetics and elegance in france or whatever was there at that time started to become more of a, a cultural norm to be discussed and then the way i traced it was to the 15th and 16th centuries in english like to fashion fashion as the verb mm -hmm. i fashioned something out of clay and i think that's also a really neat way of for me as i said i'm looking for like the the narrative verbs are very active i like thinking of this semester as in the fashion semester we are fashioning things mm -hmm. which is kind of fun and you've been fashioning things as well to have certainly have been yeah gilet and the dress which mm -hmm. is called we the have dress a name for that one. at the, the moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe something will arise but i think it's just going to be the dress sure. for right now i had a few more things about storytelling and how it will relate to the semester one is marketing obviously mm. the reason that we that fashion is the issue it is today is because of marketing and that's a huge part of storytelling personality as you said and then finally history because the history of fashion is inextricable from like narrative histories and yeah I mean, even fables and so history on history is a story yeah yeah so i think that will connect next is nature which is going to be something that i'm just so excited to talk about because i will talk anyone's ear off about how cotton is grown or how you turn wool into yarn and so on mm. and people don't want to hear it but on the podcast you're going to be subjected to it so <laughs> that's how it relates to don't nature. tell people i mean i guess we shouldn't tell people that they're not actually subjected they can turn it off if they want do they know that mm. hopefully not yeah the next part is obviously the pollution and the environmental impact of the fashion industry is yeah. going to connect to nature and yeah just end of life resource consumption and so on yeah i think that's a very obvious as you said case study mm -hmm. it will be almost kind of uh environmental should i say sustainability geared uh, semester and probably also social sustainability in a, like an overt way like mm -hmm. everything we've talked about is about sustainability but i think this will be very explicit and my first thought about this was just that anything aesthetic in my opinion nature is the first and primary source of inspiration because nature we can kind of characterize it as this perfect well of shapes and designs and fashion i mean you even mentioned already there's tulip shorts like mm -hmm. already we kind of looked to that i had a mime coming out of the heather in my poem but also with fashion there's the obvious thing that you can't really talk about clothes without talking about the bodies that they're on and bodies mm -hmm. are part of nature so i think that'll be also a a connect connective tissue I don't know, I just did snipping when I was talking about connecting, but <laughs> it's coming together. And the internet. How did you buy most of your clothes, Aaron? 
Shein. Oh my goodness. No, I've never shopped on their websites. But yeah, it's largely largely online shopping. Mm-hmm. And so there's an obvious thing like fast fashion and your Shein's and your Amazon basics. And your even if you're looking for something ostensibly more sustainable, like this is a large way in which people kind of interface with clothes today. But also I was just thinking about like from, from us, from a personal perspective, the internet was our most recent semester. It felt like it went on for years because mm-hmm. uh, it was quite long. And so I think going straight from that to fashion is to us was like, it's nice to go from something very floaty and conceptual to something that you can literally, like, I'm touching right now. Yeah, and I think the internet also relates to fashion in the sense of, like, the influencer economy, I think we'll talk about quite a bit, and also how we think about clothes, because there's, like, the narrative, historical context, but really what we're all operating in is the the internet era of clothing. the cultural starter packs. I was also thinking about, like, avatars and personas and the way we present and that kind of psychology aspect of fashion that's that's very interesting to me that's something that i'm quite fascinated to discuss over the course of the next three months or so like for instance when the the nfts and the metaverse when those were getting big it's like oh you can buy skins and outfits for your characters in fortnite Mm -hmm. and you know the initial response is like this is ridiculous why would you spend real money on this? Mm-hmm. But then it's like, is it that much different from buying real clothes? Is it? I think it is. But yeah. we'll, we'll get into that over the semester. So I'm saying like there is discussion to be had there about the virtualization of commodities or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think I just made up those words, but we'll allow it. Yeah. So speaking of online shopping, by the way, the garment of the week for today. Usually on Soloceme, we do an organism of the week, which is just like a fun way of featuring different snails and mushrooms during the last internet semester we did a meme of the week which we both really enjoyed because it kind of contributed to conversation in a way that wasn't so erratic let's say as just bringing up the harp harp sponge the harp sponge and so for this we're doing a garment of the week and i guess we can do it in the vague like in the abstract like this type of glove or we can do it in the specific which is what i've chosen today it's pulling them out <gasps> these trousers i guess this is a very youtube youtube semester, but also you can just describe it for the people on the... Yeah, I will. So these are the Frankenoak Carpenter Pants. <laughs> you know so much about <laughs> <laughs> Because this is one of my favorite designs is a Carpenter Pant. I really liked when they came into Vogue and Frankenoak is a brand that I kind of keep up with. Mm. It's made in Montreal, at least designed in Montreal. Yeah. Not 100% sustainable, but they do their best. They are white, unbleached cotton. Yes. Yeah, cotton canvas. 100% or organic cotton is what it says on the website. Sweet. They have a loop on the side I'm by the pocket. I'm putting my finger through it. That you could kind of hang your hammer on. Obviously, right. you do that a lot. <laughs> and I personally hemmed the bottom of them. You did. And I think... I didn't surge them, so they're a little a flaky. string. Yeah. There it is. Um, <laughs> which reflects really well on our clothing line. No, but I think these were a bit of a rush job from you, as are most of the things that you do. For my clothing when I asked. I did those like two years ago yeah, as well. That's I've been true. sewing for a long time, but mainly in the last year or right. two. So I bought these about 18 months ago on the Frank and Oak websites, which again, I th- was like, that's funny because it's a Montreal brand. That is funny. They have a tiny badge on the back, which I like. I usually don't like those tiny badges, mm-hmm. but it just says designed in Montreal since 2012 with some shapes and the brand name on it. And I don't like it for the brand name. It's not like that, but... 
I just like when clothes have words on I've I've noticed small words. Mm. But we always talk about how maybe brands and companies shouldn't be so proud of the fact that they have like a recent establishment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it always seems kind of counterintuitive when it's like since 2019 and it's like why would that be a good thing yeah <laughs> so i think if it doesn't start with a one you probably shouldn't hang that above your door but yeah. you know it is what it is so these trousers i wanted to feature them because i think it weeds in well to the next question which is the role of fashion and sewing because they are as you called them carpenter pants or i've had them called like painter pants yeah but i am yet to paint any walls in them and also yet to cut any wood so you said there's the hook, but or the loop, but all I've put so far in, in it is my thumb and maybe the odd mechanical pencil. Or a banana. <laughs> or a banana. So yeah, I thought that that kind of discrepancy was was key. That's something that I want to unpack during the semester is the idea of like fashion as almost cosplay, fashion as imitation, where it's like it's the same with military inspired gear, right? Mm-hmm. Where everyone wants to dress like that, even though you're not in the military. It's similar if you're wearing a baseball jersey around and you've never held a bat, just like various things like that. I'm not putting a value judgment on it yet. Maybe that's for a future episode. Maybe that's for next week. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, uh, yeah, it's illusion is kind of key to it in a sense or performance, like costuming. This mm-hmm. is kind of costuming. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. The, I'm not going to fully go there yet, but the next question is, what's the role of fashion in the solo scene? And my first thought was, there will be an almost moral inclination to dress for what you're doing hmm. in a way that doesn't exist now for the better or worse. I mean, I don't think you need to wear a suit and tie to go to the grocery store as people did in the 20s. Yeah. But I do think just putting like putting a nice outfit together if you have the resources it says something about you and i think in the solo scene there will be a kind of moral status quo you could say right. to dress for what you're doing it's like if you're painting walls you'll wear painting pants but maybe you won't wear them if you're just hmm. going to the pub or whatever the pub i don't i don't know where people <laughs> yeah. go for pub. socializing um so frank and oak anyway that's a it's a b corp mm-hmm. b corp yeah maybe you can Shed some light on the B Corps. Yeah, it's a beneficial corporation, correct? <laughs> well, you beezed over me. <laughs> but <laughs> what does it mean in like in the vague sense? We can talk about it more maybe next week, but Yeah, it's probably a good thing to talk about in depth next week. I also want to do like kind of dictionary episode anyway. But a B Corp is a corporation that often employs people who have barriers to work opportunities. That's a part of it. They donate some of their funds and they are circular. It's kind of been watered down, I think, from its original meaning. I only mm. really know it in its original context. Of is it like, like the organic farming of codes brands? It is kind of like the the certification, yes. which I think has been, yeah, over the years a bit too bureaucratized. And yeah, I'll get into it later. But it, it generally right. means that they're they're good for okay. people and planet. I was exploring their website a little bit. Mm-hmm. And is it is it too much information to say that how much I paid for them? No, I think that's fine. People will realize how much money we've been raking in from these zines. But um, <laughs> when I bought them, as I said, 18 months ago, they were $40 on sale from 60 Oh, that's surprising to me. Right. Yeah. Because when I looked yesterday or two days ago on the website, 
they're forty five dollars. Okay. On sale from ninety nine. Yeah. So yeah. That's inflation. the the Canadian inflation. financial system in a There was a quote on their shell. website about their design aspirations and which I just thought was funny. It said our desire to perfect clothing. Okay. And capture the essence of modern Canadian living. So do you think these are particularly Canadian? Rugged. The rugged landscape. Yeah. White for snow. Mm. I do like the firmness of them. That's something. Yeah. I like hard clothes. We can talk about that maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, you had to hem them. It wasn't like terribly long, but this is the thing with buying clothes online. You don't know. Mm-hmm. And also I like some easy breezy ankles. You do. We'll have to do an episode where we kind of do a ranking. Maybe that's where we could do a bracket for the semester of what? different brands. Just our favorites though, or, or the best? Um, we could do like a sustainability bracket or something like that. Yeah. We'll decide. It could either be our favorites or the best technically. Or we could just do a bracket of our clothes from us, from a solo's in POV. <laughs> Maybe that'd be like a YouTube video. Yeah. Because I feel like that would be a lot of just holding things up and describing them. <laughs> and it's not necessarily best yeah. for the podcast that'd format. Be the, the, the most like out of place solo scene video, our haul. Is that yeah. what called? <laughs> try on? Yeah. Try, try on, on haul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then for me, it's just one thing and it doesn't fit. And I'm like, oh. Okay. So the next question for today and the final question because it's so big and is largely an overview for what's to come, the role of fashion in the solo scene. I guess this is kind of the question that we'll be answering over every episode, but today let's just toss out some ideas. Yeah. The first one that I had, as I already kind of mentioned it, is the psychology, specifically designing the way that fashion kind of bridges the gap between one's persona and one's inner self, let's Mm -hmm. call it. I'm not that much of a trained psychologist, but I think everybody knows that we dress, dress to impress, or you're dressing for the job you want to have, or you're dressing to fit in, or, you know, there's peer pressures, or you're dressing to send out. Like, there's always something, and often it is very, very closely tied up to the to our insecurities and to our various, um, I don't know, psychological barriers or things to work through. And I think fashion can be a way of working through those things rather than kind of uh, insulating ourselves from them. So I think in the solo scene, that's how it will be. For instance, like untying it from branding. Yeah. Like that's a that's an obvious example. The way that people put so much stock into being uh, uh, wearing Jordans and what, all that that entails kind of socially. But also there's the fact, like again, returning to the idea of narrative, Brands are kind of stories that we choose, I think. Like if you buy a lot of Nike clothes, you are to an extent buying into the story that Nike is is telling to you. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe a way of phrasing it in the solo scene is that we're telling our own story. Like you're not really listening to what the brands have to say, but then you're looking for pieces that will match that in mm-hmm. a way. I know we're never independent of our corporate and marketing influences and stuff like this, but we could work to become more independent, let's say. Yeah, I agree. More true to oneself. Yeah, I think maybe next week is a good time to talk about it or just the one after, talking about minimalism and how it's associated with sustainable or like solacine clothing. So I imagine if someone right off the bat saw what solacine was about and then pictured what would be in all of the solacite's wardrobes, they'd picture 
the same thing. Great. But that's not necessarily what it is. We're not all um, what's in the the Divergent movies, the ones that are... Yeah, we're not all abnegation. Like, we're all going to be still unique. So talking about minimalism, maximalism, and kind of where Solestine falls in there. Yeah, I mean, you are. Yeah. Abnegation. I'm wearing green today, so it's very, very bold. (laughs) We kind of joked before the episode, like, oh, Alicia's wearing black. I'll wear my color. And it's just (laughs) this muted, dark green (laughs) shirt. That's why I say I want a new t-shirt, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that project of the week um my first thing is also like the symbolic intention of what clothing will mean in the solo scenes all the things you just said as i said earlier the utility and i also wanted to mention how historically a lot of social movements have been marked by fashion trends so like the suffragettes they before the women's rights movement would wear very structured and like kind of dressing for the male gaze as they say but then to rebel, they started tailoring their clothes to be more comfortable and loose-fitting. And then the second wave feminist movement had the mini mini skirts as kind of like a symbol. The Black Panthers all wore this kind of alternate military gear, Mm -hmm. which then leaked into the mainstream, people wearing all kind of, yeah, this like alternate all-black military-inspired... And sustainability as well. Yeah, exactly. That's a very recent one. So I think in the solo scene, the clothes will... Well, I mean, this is a little bit bold on my part, but I feel like from the beginning I've said, at least because it's my passion, it will be kind of a part of how the solo scene is manifested is through clothing. Like it'll be one of the first yeah. ways that that happens. And I think that's really possible because it's like so intimate. As you've noted, it's like it's literally touching you all day and there's nothing else that's touching you all day that isn't your body. So it's just like it's so intimate and so psychological and I think it's a really great tool and also just fun. <laughs> yeah, I had that point too. I had basically six ideas and one was that it's a way for people to wear their ethics. Mm-hmm. And I think people do today, but often also we get it corrupted, whereas in the solo scene we'll be a bit more intelligent and uh, consistent with it. Like for instance, the example I had is my own uh, folly, which was I once had a shirt that we i think yeah here's what happened we both went to a craft store Mm -hmm. to buy a t-shirt to paint Mm -hmm. we thought this would be fun and i painted mine to be like degrowth so there were wind turbines on and seagulls and it said in big letters degrowth Mm -hmm. but i just bought the shirt that afternoon from from the craft store it was was literally gildan Mm -hmm. so it's like you know what i'm talking about like there's that irony there yeah. Whereas in the solo scene, wearing one's ethics, I mean, my heart was in the right place, but just being a little bit more savvy, I suppose. And yeah, I mean, the fact that it is, as you say, this general, genuine tactile interaction with the economy and politics and community, almost in a way that's kind of like what you said about degrowth, almost in a way that supersedes any economic system. You know what I mean? Like people wear clothes mm-hmm. under any kind of regime. And so it's a, it's like when people talk about dogs as man's best friend. Mm-hmm. So like clothes are kind of, even if we hate them, they're our constant companion. Yeah. Unless you're a nudist. Maybe we can do an episode about nudism. Yeah, the nudism episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. I mean, clothing also, in the solo scene, we haven't talked about it too much in the past and we probably won't get into it too much this semester either, but I imagine things being more diverse. Like, this is another one of my gripes about the fashion industry is like, if you look at a screen, like a street 
shot, like the Google Street View of anywhere in the world. Uh Everyone looks the exact same. And that's a mechanism of colonialism to like homogenize everyone. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. But it's, I really envision there being more diversity in just what we wear across the globe because it's like, even just practically speaking, it doesn't make sense necessarily for everyone to be wearing t-shirts in the winter in Canada. Like maybe you should be wearing a coat instead of having everything. Yeah. It's also, and so on. it's also good that this comes immediately after our internet semester because the internet that's been the the kicker that's been the integral thing right and making mm-hmm. making it so that everyone in on the streets of tokyo dresses the same as on the streets of new york mm-hmm. um, so that was one of my points also just like reforming localized cultures yeah and this is a a very hard thing to do but yeah. in the solo scene i think it will be like that just because it's more fun Maybe the how could be a question for next week I yeah know. i think we're racking up the questions but we'll we can we'll decide them afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> My next thing is that it will provide meaningful work in the solo scene because I think a lot of industries that exist right now will just basically not exist in the solo scene or will be like relegated to just like a few people doing it instead of like 90% of my friends do IT. It'll be like 5% because not everything will be online. More variety. So there would be a need for meaningful work and I think the crafting of a garment from beginning to end instead of right now what people do when they work in a clothing factory, no matter where you are in the world, really. It's probably like 1% of clothes are made by hand. Like everything's made by hand, but made from beginning to end by one person. And that's just like a really meaningful and fulfilling job. Right. And I think that will be a part of the sourcing culture. Yeah, that's one of my few thoughts that I'm, that I'm dead set on with regards to economics is that it would be better if things were less efficient. Yeah. And that's kind of what you just said. It's objectively more efficient and therefore more more profitable maybe for corporations to have one person like a conveyor belt right one person stamp the thing one person sew the seam one person do the snipping Mm -hmm. but much less enjoyable for them yeah and also maybe for the for the person receiving it much less of a personal connection it's funny how we traced pretty much the same ideas i think for this question yeah it is interesting because i also had a thought that was just with regards to answering the question the role of fashion in the solo scene what i have written down is something to do and then right beneath that I have and something to not do mm-hmm. and so on the something to do i was thinking all the things you said fixing fabricing engaging with it talking you know knowing the sheep who provided the wool like knowing that kind of thing like it's something to to think about and especially with each garment more than we currently do maybe rather than having 100 things you have 30 but you know each one a lot better and you and so you like each one more and also with the something to not do, I think this is one of the ways that clothing has almost overstepped itself in in modern culture, especially modern youth culture, in that so many public social spaces are, we're not just going to walk and talk, we're going to walk and talk and browse clothes because what else is there to do? And there's almost an awkwardness if we're not at the mall. Mm-hmm. So I think in the solo scene, we won't need to frame so much of social life under the context of buying clothes. Yeah. Like, as I say, I still think there'll be engagement and maybe like you and your friends sometimes have clothing swaps, right? Yep. I think that's a nice idea, but I just think it doesn't have to be, let's meet up at Abercrombie and Fitch. Yep. I don't think that's necessarily always bad, but I just don't think it should be so, so ubiquitous and almost, almost seems necessary. And I guess this is a time also to mention, as you said, with the painter pants, kind of respecting the utility of things mm-hmm. or as i've said on previous episodes umbrella theory which is that people with umbrellas look cool and it's a cool thing to have 
because it's so functional. Mm-hmm. You know, and most umbrellas are ugly. Yeah. Actually, I think the more designed they are, the less cool they look. Yeah. <laughs> like they kind of have to look just very worn down and black. Mm-hmm. Maybe navy. But it's just like you have this thing and you're keeping yourself dry with it. Yeah. And so I think clothes are similar that this is maybe stepping out of the bounds of this question, but outfits generally look nicer and more natural when they have just a purpose and they don't seem like they are trying too much because they weren't trying too much. So I think that's something to consider as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think I'm fashionable? Yeah. On scale of zero to 10. You have 10 sensibility. Like you're very, you have really great ideas for garments, but it's just the making it happen on a budget and not being able to make everything you want. Because even like, I mean, yeah, again, we'll get into this, but like making clothes is like you can have the best idea in the world, but making it a reality in a world that doesn't really, like there's one fabric store in walking distance Mm. and we're in a pretty big city. Yes. It's like that isn't really practical, but in the solo scene, there'll be more fabric stores, fewer. Skills. Yeah. Skills are good. Yeah. Skills are good. Yeah. I'm also, it's not just a financial budget, but I would call it a temperature budget for me Mm. in that I can't wear too much because I overheat like a computer. Yeah. Because you're processing so much information. Yeah. Like I featured these, these uh, what do you call them, carpenter pants for the garment of the week. But I haven't worn them since February because it's just... Yeah, the short the legs come out in March. And they don't go away <laughs> until like December. They, they don't come back. <laughs> yeah. My next, I have two more. One, um, the role of fashion in the solo scene is that it's going to be a sign of equity. Right now, it really can signal your class or your financial situation. And... I just think there will be no more luxury, but there also will be no more cheap goods. It's just like everything will be moderate. And right now, the moderate industry doesn't really exist. Like, yeah. And a lot of the luxury goods are... The middle class, you mean? Yeah, like the middle class okay. just doesn't really exist of clothing anymore. And I'm reading a really great book. It's called To Die For by Lucy Siegel. And she talks about how when fast fashion as we know it, like really arose in the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of those people who would always wear Louis Vuitton, Gucci, they were like, no, I would never, I would never. But then they kind of realized you can just be trendy and no one cares about the quality of the clothes. It's just how it looks. And you can just have your Gucci handbag, like these high ticket items to kind of signal your wealth. And so like everyone shops fast fashion and all of the luxury brands as we know it, like no exaggeration, all of them, produce in the same factories as the Gap and H&M and so on. So, yeah, like there is no quality garments unless they're like handmade or locally made. And so in the solo scene, everything will be locally made, handmade by people you know and like made with love because a lot of the conditions that clothes are made under, even for sustainable fashion brands, are subpar and therefore they're made with like suffering and... (laughs) the quality is going to be compromised and the the essence of the human yeah. spirit is going to be compromised. I do think that um, what you said about knowing the people who make it rather than it being H&M, Louis Vuitton, it's the same thing like with regards to your relationship to it as a, as a consumer. I do think that that's such a nice idea as the norm. And also, we, I mean, we shouldn't talk like this is a really radical thing because I think it's almost just what's in trend in Gen Z. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I know they still... 
are very into brands and labels. Yeah. But there's also a very, very prominent uh, line of coolness, which is just, yeah, this is my grandma's. She made this jumper. Yeah. She knitted this. Like people are even crocheting now. Yeah. Yeah. Or I crocheted it. And that's a really cool thing. Uh, Remains to be seen if it will if it will last or if it's just as they say Mm -hmm. the fashion yeah but for now i think it's it's a very refreshing thing now with regards luxury and just like class and maybe like the stratification of different different clothing uh qualities i think it's just pretty much a law of of physics that there will always be some things that are nicer and some things that are worse yeah of course but like definitely disentangling these things so that you don't have kids freezing out other kids because they're not wearing a certain brand or Mm -hmm. or some are wearing and and one isn't also i think if we have more of an education about clothes then we can recognize that everybody can be this sounds like such a bumper sticker but everybody can be stylish Mm -hmm. you know like there's a lot a lot of wealthy people who really don't dress well even if they spend a lot of money on it mm-hmm. so just like you know they can be cool yeah, it's being nice being nice, that's, nice. A, that's a solacing concept yeah. being nice. <laughs> and my next point is about fashion as high art which um in the solacing which has always really fascinated me because it just seems like such an alien and weird almost emperor's new clothes concepts the the runways mm-hmm. and the the those annual collections and the the fashion weeks and the world of modeling at large. But I think we can talk about that. And also for me, what I think is key in the solo scene, maybe because I think the general sentiment towards that kind of uh, world of, of high fashion is derision or mockery for most people. They're mm-hmm. like, that's dumb. Yeah. But I think if we were a bit more open-minded and maybe a little bit less uh, defensive about that kind of thing, it's similar to modern art. You know what I mean? When, There'll be like a, a really weird abstract painting or or art piece. And the initial response is always just like, that's dumb. Anybody who likes it is just falling for something. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it can be nice. And it's a solacing concept to try and open your mind and try and appreciate these things. And something else, I think, because I don't think I don't consider myself a fashion person or like a fashion interested thinker. But I can appreciate it in the same way that I appreciate like architecture and i have kind of a passing interest as a just on the aesthetics of it where different shapes and colors can inspire me so i I think there's so much of a stereotype or a connotation about what it means to be into fashion Mm -hmm. whereas almost everyone will as i say walk around nice buildings and say this is lovely they wouldn't call themselves architecture people but i think fashion is should have a similar place in the solo scene yeah and i think the runway and the even like magazines and stuff will kind of replace the window shopping side of the fashion industry and the solo scene because this was like a big revelation to me of like, well, how can fashion be sustainable? Because as you said, like those words really don't go together. But I think looking at it like art and maybe you go to a runway show or you see pictures from a runway show and you say, oh, this is such a cool color combination or even just like proportion wise like i can work with that and then take the inspiration to your to your wardrobe i really really like um a small wardrobe on youtube she does every season she does it and so does jenny mustard and i guess probably a million different youtube fashion people do they take they take a look at the runways for the season and then they go to their closet and 
try and recreate it. And I just exactly. think that's like a wonderful idea for the solo scene because you don't want everyone to be, yeah, just dressing the same forever. It's like, it's cool to have like fashions, but just the seasons need to relax, not have like the mid summer, the end of summer season, <laughs> just having like two or three. And so yeah, been I think an it's great. Is what you're saying? Yeah. So we can talk about that, I guess. Yeah. That's also like a, something that degrowth deals with, I think. Mm-hmm. And then my final thought about this was fashion as in the sort of time capsules or in a way history lessons. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly talking about how people see the picture of the denim and they're like, oh, that's so 90s or like the high-waisted thing. That's so whatever. I'm talking more about it. It's it's as a historical artifact or like historical evidence of things, even when maybe corporations or governments or media or whoever tries to pun intended, pull the wool over our eyes. Mm-hmm. Fashion can be that proof. Like for instance, you can look back at your great grandparents' closet or the clothes or just read about it and say, wait, they were wearing nicer clothes than we were? Mm-hmm. How does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though that that seems to go against the narrative that of improvements and quality of life going up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, at least in this one specific niche way of the composition of our genes or the durability of our shirts, it seems to have gotten worse. That's weird. But fashion is this kind of, it's like in 1984, you know, when he's like, they, they stumble upon the, the facts. Yeah. Fashion is like the facts. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think there's an etymological connection there as well. That makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. I, that also reminds me when you're talking about like kind of how it's a time capsule, I will definitely have, an episode this semester about fast homeware, which is an emerging industry. It's like Ikea. And then if you haven't noticed, because I mean, we don't really shop on H&M and stuff, but over the last like five years, they've all developed as like men's, women's, kids, home. Oh, home. On all of the different fashion websites. And there's Sheen does it, Simon's does it, like I think probably everywhere does. And I think that's kind of an interesting development yeah Yeah, because we've kind of compromised everything we can on clothes everything's just made out of plastic now we're moving on to yeah furniture it's like let's see if we can make this couch out of plastic and see if no one notices yeah can we do um would there ever be a sewing home a sewing home line where we make cushions and stuff i don't think so (laughs) no i don't really like that no that's my thing i don't like cushions Mm. i had one final quote to close the episode which is i think by ralph Lauren. That's what the quotes on Google Images, that's what the picture on Google Images that was like a stock looking thing of a silhouetted cliff with the white text in front of it. Yeah. It said, I don't design clothes, I design dreams. Oh, wow. I know people might kind of roll their eyes about that, especially if they're familiar with the fashion industry or or Polo Ralph Lauren and like, um, (laughs) and its impact. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, and it's easy to be cynical about this, but I think from a solo-assuming point of view, we're trying to design dreams here. Yeah, we are. Imagine imagining a a beautiful sustainable tactile future we are we are we are ralph loren the ralph loren of ideas or words of podcasts yeah so if you are interested in the tulip shorts the gilet or the as yet unnamed dress maybe by the time you go on the website it will have a name but you can follow the link in the description to our shop and we also have our previous scenes on there and also please email us Contact us, episode ideas, comments, questions, questions, criticisms, anything else. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. And review. And review. And There's a lot of demands. And follow. <laughs> We're on Instagram. Do it all. 
just help us out because we really like making this podcast and the more people it gets to, the more I smile at night. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Okay, bye everyone.